Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks this morning. I certainly hope God is blessing you and uh, finding you wherever you're listening, uh, just just in a healthy, wonderful state, and that uh, God is holding you in his arms. And man, what a day it is this morning. With me, as always, my friend, my co-host, uh, uh, the freaky Stephanie Wesco. So, Stephanie, what is going on with you? Um, well, just life. Um Yeah kind of busy um going here and there and everywhere but yeah that's about that's about where I am you know life is filled with busy journeys I'm telling you what man it just keeps us rolling just going on and on I know you all are the same and we thank you for taking a few minutes of your time to listen to us a lot of you some of us uh, some of you have told us that uh, you got those earbuds in uh, earbuds and you're out there working and stuff I think that's pretty cool stay safe while you're doing that and I know you folks are busy as well and and you know as we go into spring there's certain things that I take for granted uh, one of the things I know is Stephanie's going to buy like a half of a nursery up there by her house I'm telling you there's going to be flowers there's going to be trees that poor van is going to be overloaded with cartons of Plantables and about what about a month? Are you a month away from doing some planting? Um, no, we're way more than a month. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you plant too soon here, I've done this before. You end up having to cover, um, oh. cover everything for weeks because um, we still get freezes up here into May. So, um, so yeah. But honestly, I don't know how much I'll be planting this year. So, um, because we filled in a lot of our spaces you know from over time but over the last few years yeah and bulbs grow back right and things of that nature so a lot of stuff yeah things yeah will grow back so yeah yeah well that's great and uh so i bought some stuff i was in costco yesterday and i bought this bag of uh 18 bulbs which is like edge stuff you know, it's got leaves and some flowers, and it's real colorful and stuff like that. But we're getting to the place where everything's growing back. If, if I need anything at all, I need a couple more trees, you know, a couple more small. I love those tall, cedar, skinny trees. You know, they give you some coverage, but they look real pretty. Uh, I love that. So I want to get a couple of those out here in the yard. But the yard's not very big. It's only a quarter of an acre here in City Life. And uh, But I thank God for what I have and for all that. We thank God for you folks. So we have this segment. Uh, you might be right with God. So it's Stephanie's turn today. So Stephanie, uh, I know you're ready for us here, but you might be right with God if. Well, I, I'm thinking of a verse um, that I read recently that um, challenged me, and it's, it's Hebrews 13, 15. Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise and taking that time to praise God um, and thank him. And it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice that's well-pleasing to him when we praise him and we glorify him. And so take time to uh, listen to good music, to sing out to the Lord and praise him 
for all that he has done or is doing for you. Um, because that's, yeah. that's something wants to do and, and it'll, it, it makes a difference in my life. So I think it'll be something that will help you stay close to the Lord and um, encouraged in him. Praise him. Praise him. Jesus, our blessed redeemer. Yeah, man. I, did I get that part of the song, right? I didn't miss yeah, it. All right. Did. All right. So, so those seven words I did. Okay. So praise God. So praise them folks. And that's a wonderful thing. So what do we say or do, uh, do we help people praise them? I mean, how do you end that up with the say or do to people with PTSD? Well, I think, um, in working with people with PTSD, God's taught me that something that's awesome to do with them is, um, help them understand the power of praise. Yeah. Understanding that um, he is good um, because there are some people who struggle with that because of what they've been through. And that's, that's understandable. So some, I think that's where sacrifice of where that word sacrifice is key because sometimes it's very, very, very much completely by faith that we praise God. And so um, encouraging people who have been through hurt, who've been through betrayal, who have been through different things that have left them feeling broken or feeling being broken, um, encouraging them that there is power, there is strength, there is joy that comes from praising the Lord. There is, there is. And, and, and that's a great, and folks, I'm telling you, praise them in the dark, praise them in the light, praise them in the good times, praise them in the bad times, praise them on the mountain, praise them in the valley. And, and uh, I'll tell you, it's such an honor to be able to praise God. He alone is worthy of our praise, just him. And uh, so we continue on with our study, Stephanie, in the book of Proverbs chapter 14. And today we're going to start out here in verse 10. Yesterday we had quite a day. I think it was our first four-verse day since the book of Job. I mean, it might have been a year since we've had a four-verse day like that. But starting here in verse number 10, it says, The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. So stopping right there, it says we know our own bitterness, but other people don't, I guess. I I mean, what are you getting out of that, Stephanie? Well, I think there's a sense in which very often when we're bitter, we know it. Yeah. And God is very good at revealing that to us. Um, and this verse, honestly, it's like, what does it mean a stranger does not intermeddle with his joy? Yeah. Um, but I think there's a sense in which every person has to work through things himself and um, a stranger doesn't know you. He doesn't maybe know your joy. He maybe doesn't know your bitterness. He doesn't know the real you. Yeah. But between you and God, you can know who you really are. God can show you your bitterness. He can give you real reason to have joy. And um, a str- I, I, honestly, this verse, I'm kind of like, okay, what exactly is God saying here? But I think a heart that is bitter can't have bitterness and joy. And so I think God's trying to get a point across of a stranger doesn't know who you really are, but God does. And if you're filled with joy, it's yours. Yeah. No stranger can meddle with it. No stranger can take it away. No stranger can mess it up. But your heart also knows if you if you have sin there that needs dealt with. And, um, so I think this would go back to God, God and you, you know, your heart with God showing you, you know, if you don't have let God show you, you can make bitterness an okay thing. Um, but where, where a stranger can't mess up your joy, 
but you and God have to know if your joy is real or if your heart's filled with bitterness because you can't have joy and bitterness in the same heart. It's it's hard to uh, it's hard to live in the same address. It just doesn't live there. You're either going to be bitter that day, you're going to have joy that day, and sometimes. You know, we are no, we know our bitterness. <laughs> we we got to put it away, like Stephanie said. We know our own bitterness, and uh, and and but we also know those joyful things. And you know, I wrote down this list of joyful things in my life. I wrote down a few things. You know, the joy of sin forgiven, uh, the joy of sin conquered, the joy of a restored relationship with God, the joy of accepted service, the joy of answered prayers, the joy of usefulness for God, the joy of peace in time of trouble. Highest of all, the joy of having communion or a relationship with God. And those are all things that we can throw up against our bitterness. And it always wins out for me. And I think it'll always win out for you guys too. And uh, we know our own bitterness. And you know, sometimes, Stephanie, I think, boy, if we could stop and reflect on, you know, just what's going through our brains and, and, you know, especially when we're hurting or we're flashbacking or we're, uh, God only knows where we're going to wake up in the morning, any of us. And, uh, you know, it's real easy to fall into a hole. Uh, when I met Stephanie, one of the things she said is, I want to dig a hole and, and jump in it and cover it up. And uh, because, you know, there's so many people, there were so many distractions, you know, her dear husband Charles had been martyred. And, and it's hard when you're in those states to pull out a list of joyful things I just read, but go ahead and do that. You know, make a list in your Bible of things that bring you joy. Look around at your family. I know Stephanie did. Stephanie used to say, you know, I don't know if I could do this without these eight kids or things like that back when we first started counseling. So that's a pretty good place to find your joy. Find your joy in your loved ones, your family, your friends. If you don't have friends, go out and make some friends. Uh, Get down to church and make some friends. Hang out with the people who are sitting by themselves. You know what? You'll make a friend. It'll work out all right. And then we go to verse 11, Stephanie, and it says, The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the outright upright shall flourish. And uh, so talking about the house of the wicked, it's going to be overthrown. You know, no matter how much money they got, no matter how much pleasure they seem to have, no matter how much sin is involved, you know, there's no eternity there. There's nothing of lasting value. Uh, there's nothing. It's not going to stick around. It's not going to be there. But the tabernacle, those who give their house and tabernacle and, and for God, uh, it's got of the upright. It's it's uh, you know it's it's. But the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. It's going to grow. It's going to keep on going. So so Stephanie, what do you think of that? Well, when I look at this verse, you know, God gives us all these examples in Scripture of people of of homes. Um, that were overthrown or were blessed by God. And um, one family that immediately come to mind, you know, we have the the house of Cain and the house of Seth. And what happened in the end of those two homes? um, What happened? We have the example of, let's, let's say, the house of Caleb versus the house of Achan. One house that honored and glorified God and stayed faithful to God and pursued his will versus a house that was ruled by deceit and by um, wickedness, quite bluntly. I mean, that's what that's what governed Aiken's home because um, God took what happened there so seriously. The entire family was stoned and, you know, that that awful thing that happened there. And so we have all these examples of where God literally destroys 
or God blesses. And I think it's very important to understand that this is something we, we as a family have, have talked about a lot. And that is, it doesn't matter what, you know, what your last name is versus what someone else's last name is. What matters is what are we as a family choosing to do? And I think of in in Joshua where Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Each family had to make that choice because at the end of that passage, Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the we Lord. will serve the Lord. And I remember when Charles and I, um, and, and yes, it was in, in steps, but when the ultimate, we will serve the Lord, when God brought us to that point of us coming to God and, and realizing the, the seriousness of this whole concept of either flourishing or having your house overthrown by evil. And God puts that every family has to come to that point. And then as you know, young people or older people, wherever you are, when you get married, you have to come to that point. Or if you're by yourself living independent, you have your own home in a sense. And are you a house of the wicked? Yeah. Or are you a tabernacle of the upright? And by God's grace, making that choice that by, by God's grace, through his strength, we will be a tabernacle of the upright. Yeah. And not seeking the flourishing. Okay, that's not the point of this. I think I think the the point of this is that we want that that our heart and our focus is on serving God. That that's just an outworking. Yeah. But that our focus is on loving Jesus Christ and serving him as a family that he is our center, he is our focus. Because when that's the case, God promises blessing, protection, all of these things that the house of the wicked doesn't have. And so that's, it's a very serious, um, it is, it's a choice. It's again, it's a choice. And, you know, back in this old Testament time, every family had this like nomadic tent that they called their tabernacles, like our prayer rooms in our houses today, you know, that they would go back to this tent and no wickedness was allowed. You had to get your heart right. And, you know, today in new Testament times, we have our prayer room and we have our whole homes. And as Stephanie's saying here, man, we, we just got to get this right. It's not about our name. It's, it's not about our address. It's not about what we own. It's not about, uh, how nice things are. It's about our relationship with God. It's about a flourishing relationship. It's about getting the wickedness out of our heart and 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 walking toward God. And again, this all all this this week has went together with uh, uh, you know doing right and doing wrong and and being being wicked or or being upright or being righteous. And I think we're seeing this over and over again, being prudent, you know, being just, listening to things, being wise, and over and over again that's happening. And then this next verse where I think we need to squeeze this in today, there is a way, Stephanie, which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And boy, that's a verse that every kid everywhere memorized when they first joined a church or got saved. And what does that verse mean to you? Well, I think it um, is very much saying that without God, um, man will destroy himself without the Lord's intervention in our lives. Each individual person would destroy himself. And um, I think it's very important to understand that when it, when it says there are the ways of death, I think it means the patterns of death. And it doesn't say it's death, and obviously that will be the end result, but it says the ways of death. In other words, the paths of death, it takes you down that direction. 
It gives you the consequences of death. It gives you these awful deathly kind of scars and um, maybe long-term issues you'll deal with because you chose your way that seemed right to you, but it wasn't right to God. And I think that's very much what this verse is saying is that if you, if you do not follow God's way, if you follow your way, it's going to take you a place you didn't really want to go. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it seems like, you know, what, the, what are the ways that seem right onto the man, money, lust, um, popularity, you know, all these types of things seem right onto a man, you know, career advancement, although, and there's nothing wrong with some of these things like career advancement. There's, there's nothing wrong with being financially secure. There's a lot of rich people who are right with God. Uh, but you know, collectively, these things that seem right onto a man, you know, collecting boyfriends and girlfriends, collecting relationships, collecting uh, lustful lasciviousness, uh, that all leads to the wrong place. The end of those things are death because, you know, the way that of God is in a relationship with Jesus Christ is accepting Jesus Christ and accepting his plan, accepting God's plan for your life to be saved. And when you do that, um, then, then your path, your path is, is one of righteousness. Your path is um, is, is not the way of death. It's not the one that's going to bring you to the, uh, you've got the revelation from God in your heart. You've accepted Jesus Christ. So, so I think there's two things going on here. Uh, again, I think there's two options going on. Really. There's one thing going on. Uh, there's a way that seems right onto a man, but that way is death. And we know that, uh, you know, prior to a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a lot of things that seem right onto a man. And you know, people can be, uh, Stephanie, you know, it's not all exclusive. Unsaved people can be pure. Unsaved people can be friendly. Unsaved people can be kind, but you still need that relationship with Jesus Christ to fulfill the entire picture or the program of getting to heaven. We still, Mm -hmm. we still need that relationship. So unsaved people, a lot of times, you know, they can look like us. Uh, they can act like Christians. They can do things like that. Um, but just remember that there. And I think I do want to sneak in verse 13 and I'm kind of like Stephanie, I keep on thinking these things go together and build on one another, but I know we keep on moving. But if you look at verse 13, it says, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful and the end of that mirth is heaviness, which is another word for depression or grief and things of that nature. So it's coming right out. So even in laughter, the person who laughs is not always happy. We, we've seen people, Stephanie, who've come to these camps, who've come to these training sessions. We've made friends with them. And Debbie and I have had some in our homes that, you know, laugh all the time and seem happy. And in the background, you know, they're suicidal and they're upside down and their life is weird. And, uh, uh, and, and then talking about how, you know, at the end of this thing is, 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 can be grief. And if we look at this first, the end of mirth is heaviness. So it's depression. And, uh, you know, again, it's accepting Jesus Christ. It's accepting his plan. We can laugh, we can look right, we can act right. We can do all the right things and, and be suffering from depression. Yeah. Well, and that's, um, I think of people that get drunk and, you know, it's, it's, it always makes me sad when you see that picture of, you know, the person who's drunk and they're so jolly and they're so happy until they have the hangover. Yeah. And, and they try to figure out what they did the night before. Yeah. Right. They're just messed up and they're confused and they're, um, 
you know, it's like they've literally poisoned their body the night before. And so they're dealing with all of that. And the same can be true, you know, from drugs or whatever the case may be, or just, yeah, you know, see the person that's jolly and happy and then shoots themselves. Um, this, this stuff is real. And so understanding that, I, I think something that I always think of when I, when I meet someone who, um, is so happy and so is maybe to pray for them and say, God, if, if there's something there that, cause they're, they're a little over the top, God, and if they're struggling internally and they're afraid to let it out, they're afraid to, maybe they, maybe they've gotten, you know, burned by being honest in the past. So, um, just being aware that just because someone's happy and go lucky doesn't mean they don't need prayed for. It doesn't mean that their life is jolly. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, still caring for them and loving them the same way. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, folks, I guess what, what I learned here is don't take people at face value, you know, get to know people, love people. There's a lot of people out there that are heavy. There's a lot of people out there. Heaviness is another word for depression and grief and things they're going through. And, um, you know, it takes God to clear these things up in our lives. It takes God to put that joy in our hearts again. And, and, you know, again, we, we hate to keep going back to this, but, um, uh, there's choices we make in life. And one of the choices that we make in life is, is we help other folks along. And if we see somebody laughing and stuff, that's fine. Let's, you know, bring them to church, care for them, love them. If we're that type of person, let's ask the questions. So, is this joy coming from God or, mm. Or is this joy or this laughing or this overt action seem like it comes from somewhere else? I'm not sure, folks, but make sure you help each other out with that. We sure do love you, folks. We'd love to have you come to a camp or a workshop with us. Make sure you go out to WoundedSpirits.com. Check them out. I'd also like to appeal to you that uh, remember these podcasts are about $150 a month just to go ahead and have them edited and sent out to you guys. So uh, please remember, if you want to make a donation of that, you can go out to WoundedSpirits.com and click down and hit podcast. And uh, uh, we'd love your help in that area. But we sure do appreciate you folks. If there's anything we could do for you, make sure. Boy, did you hear what I just said, Stephanie? I just kind of combined words. Anything to do for you. Yeah. Something's going on, man. I It might be long covid I don't know. But anyway, folks, go out to, and I'm not mocking long COVID. Believe me, I'm not. Uh, Go out to Helpful Wounded Spirits, find us, and uh, uh, make sure we can communicate with each other and make a connection. We sure do love you. Hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart 
and He will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.